This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows on Extra 106.3. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. It is the weekend, boys and girls, Saturdays and Sundays, noon o'clock on Extra 106.3. Thank you to all of you who make me a part of your day each and every week. Love the feedback, comments, hate mail. I love all of you. I love you the most. So keep at it. Keep chirping. If you will follow me on social media, Twitter at Ben Burnett, Instagram at the Ben Burnett Show, and send me a DM, I have recently received a massive order of performance hoodies from Peach State Pride. Got a little Ben Burnett Show logo, so I'm going to put the propaganda on you. If you will do it, we will even mail them to you. We don't care. Just take pictures of us in the wild. Tag me when you're out and about living your best life. Once again, at Ben Burnett on Twitter, at the Ben Burnett Show on Instagram. Just poke at me. Happy to mail them to you. We'll get them out in the middle of October. Grateful to Peach State Pride for the partnership. Grateful to all of you for listening to me each and every week. You can download my podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews. Thursdays, I do my thought in one take. This coming up week, I've got Representative Will Wade. He's got part of Dawson County, a little bit of Forsyth, Lumpkin County, Super good dude. He's all—he's really the only person in the General Assembly I've seen publicly back Mike Pence for president. You know, currently, if you had to ask me for my own selfish reasons, I would probably vote for Mike Pence in a primary, so don't hate me. But that's only because the guy did the Ben Burnett show in August. Clearly, if you want to get elected and you want my support in a Republican primary, you're coming on the show. There will be more of them out there. I've got feelers out there to Chris Christie, Doug Bergram, Ron DeSantis, all of them, Nikki Haley, everybody. I'm going to get them all before it's all said and done. I have a feeling they're waiting until Super Tuesday when it matters a little bit more. But grateful to each and every one of those people who's made time for me along the way. This show doesn't happen without the success of you downloading it, and I am extremely grateful. Late last weekend, we got the report that United States Senator from New Jersey, Bob Menendez, has been indicted on bribery charges the Department of Justice seized gold bars, of all things. I don't know a soul. I know plenty of people with tons of money. I don't know a soul with a gold bar. I hear all the commercials. I'm not putting it down. Do any of you know anybody that has a gold bar? And this dude had several of them. He and his wife both indicted on those counts. And you would think that that was a huge deal. And make no mistake, it's a huge deal. And I had forgotten that nearly 10 years ago, he was previously indicted by the federal court in New Jersey on a con- on conspiracy, bribery, and honest service forgery with alleging that he abused his power while he was a member of the United States Senator. At the time, they said he had raised over $600,000 in political contributions. He had received luxurious hotel accommodations at the Park Hyatt in Paris. I'm going to give you guys free advice. You ever travel internationally? The Park Hyatt hotels, besides the Ritz-Carlton, that's number one. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that out there. It's right there. It's really close to the tunnel where Princess Diana got killed, right across the street from the United States Embassy in Paris on the Champs-Élysées. Fabulous place. So kudos on one hand to Bob Menendez. If you're going to do it, go for it, buddy. And on the other end, 
He was acquitted in a mistrial. The jury remained deadlocked after days of deliberation. Both he and his co-conspirator denied all charges. The only problem at the time was his co-conspirator was a guy named Dr. Salomon Melgen, who was an ophthalmologist. Doesn't that just sound like an ophthalmologist's name? Dr. Melgen, we'll see you now. That dude, Dr. Melgen, wound up spending 17 years, getting sentenced to 17 years in federal prison. He was commuted in 2021 by Donald Trump. Don't you just love political circles? Look, they're all Republicans and Democrats. They'll fight about the issues that they want to fight about. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, Republican president, he'll commute the Democrat buddy for whatever he was doing. Felonious activity, flying on the plane. No, no gold bars in that one. I want to unpack this in a couple of ways. You've seen a lot of things change with the United States Senate, whereas we usually run to our corners and fight. You know, we'll defend Donald Trump for his umpteenth impeachment. The Republicans, by and large, will all vote to acquit him. The Democrats, by and large, will all be like, convince him, burn him at the stake. We don't care. Senator Raphael Warnock, Senator Cory Booker, and Senator Ossoff all publicly made statements this week about Senator Bob Menendez that it's time for him to step down and resign the seat and let somebody who can effectively serve in capacity as a United States senator have it. We don't say a lot of nice things about Democrats. When a decade passes and you come down on your second string of felony counts, and even the Democrats who will defend you to the ends of the earth have had enough. I think it says a lot. The other senator in his own state, Cory Booker's like, guys, he's got to go. It's time. Served with him for a long time. I wonder if there's more there. Maybe those two dudes don't like each other. But I also think that Senator Menendez, there's a conversation that hasn't happened in the public sphere at this point. You have gold bars and $500,000 in cash. Doesn't that seem low? Does anybody else not see, think that that seems like an extraordinarily low offer? Like, what was he thinking? And my second point is, like, that's cheap. If you're a United States senator and you're going to just sell out, do favors for a, so a sovereign government, in this case the Egyptians, you're one of 52 people in the party of power. I think you're worth more than that. I just do. So I'm not going to sit here and cast dispersions. I'll be the first person to tell you, in politics, I'm not— I'm not the white hat guy. Like, you guys can look around for your white knight in politics. There's, they're few and far between. Even holy rollers like Mike Pence. Like, I just really, I don't trust a lot of them. And I don't think most of you trust them. Either side, I don't, I don't begrudge the people who worship their politicians. But I tell you, man, you ought to find your, you ought to find your heroes in this world and other places. But $500,000 does not seem like an appropriate fee if you're going to bribe a United States senator. Started researching the valuation of 24-karat gold bars. You know, they're, it, it's not nothing. I told you at the beginning of the segment, I don't, know, I don't know a soul who owns a gold bar. I would like to, though. If anybody wants to send me one, I'm, I could certainly be interested. But the other issue that I have with Senator Menendez is this. Like, dude, what are you doing? If you have $500,000 in bribed money and gold bars, what in the hell are they doing on your property? Like, let's just assume that we're all dirty sinners in, in the United States Senate. Am I not burying the gold bars in somebody else's yard? I might not tell them. I'll go out there at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'll dig a big old hole, I'll bury it. it. And it also goes to show you, it doesn't matter who you are. What you do in the dark, it always comes to the light. But what's wrong with the people in New Jersey? Like, this dude 20, in 2017, he had to run for re-election two times. Two times. And they send him back both times. Like, I keep... Is there not another Democrat that sits on holy ground in the entire state of New Jersey that has the ability, thinking on their own two feet, that can sit there and tow the parts of the tow the best parts of the platform 
Move it all forward. Apparently not. Apparently, Bob Menendez and Cory Booker are the only two individuals that the Democrats will put forward. How do you not? You didn't even face a meaningful primary. We, we talk about we talk about politics, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, The Wall Street Journal, all the websites that you go and read all the time, even The Federalist. Politics is a spectator sport. I have to imagine that somebody with a couple million bucks in a primary could run the, I, you'll never catch me in a hung jury campaign for bribery charges. I feel like that's a compelling message. I feel like 51% of Democrats would be like, you know what? I'm in. I'm in on that guy. I don't understand. It is such a spectator sport in other in other forms and fashions. Look, we're all football fans. Like, we all love the dogs. We love the Falcons. We like the NFL, the Green Bay Packers, whoever your team is. And plenty of the guys out there played football on some level growing up, high school, college. Pick, pick your poison. It, does not, it doesn't matter to me. But you can relate to it in some way. Politics gets such amazing reviews, eardrums and eyeballs, and nobody ever does it. When you looked, even a couple years ago here, you looked, Brian Kemp largely ran a three-way race in a re-elect against a crazy person in Candace Taylor and former United States Senator David Perdue, who had an axe to grind. There were three Republicans in the whole state. Only two of them thought they could do a better job than Governor Brian Kemp. It just goes to show you that is the highest office. That is the highest office in a state that's as big as New Jersey from a population standpoint. And only three people ran on a ticket. I'm telling you, we need more of you that have the ability to fundraise, come to, come to the table with means. Like John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, they ought to have challengers every single time because it's not that I agree or disagree with their politics. I clearly disagree with their, most of their politics. I'm not going to say all. We, none of us disagree on absolutely everything. But don't you think that Senator Ossoff deserves to defend his record in, amongst his own party, well-funded? It's one of the things that I think is truly discouraging about the political landscape in this country. I have a feeling that Senator Menendez is not going to survive this one. Like, there's no way. you break, they, The Department of Justice and the FBI come in your house. They know where to go. They go to the safe. They find $500,000, and then they turn around and, and find a handful of gold bars that they knew were tied to the Egyptians. You know, the, the defense I'll give the Egyptians is, hey, look, there's lots of bribes. In the Arab world, that's just Tuesday. That's, that's how a lot of business gets done over there. That's not even considered unethical behavior. But you live by an entirely different set of standards here. At least most of us do. Almost all of us. Even 98% of the Democrats who I disagree from a policy perspective on absolutely everything would be a better fit to publicly serve to serve the highest and best use of this country moving forward. It is not hard to stay out of trouble. I did it for four years. There wasn't trouble that came within 100 miles of me. And thankfully, even though it doesn't feel like it when you watch TV, the vast majority of people in public service are really good people who do it on a part-time basis. They actually make the decisions that affect your daily life. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram at The Ben Burnett Show. And if you will send me a DM, I will put you on the list for Peach State Pride performance hoodies. We'll mail them to you. They'll come FedEx, UPS. I don't need anything from you. Just say, hey, what's up? I like the show. Listen to you. I get cold at the end of October. I would really like something to keep me just a little bit warmer. And the best part about these things is you can break them out in the spring. They're literally like six or seven-month 
these things have like an annual life of six, seven, eight months. Like the nights can get a little bit chilly. The mornings get a little bit chilly. It's awesome to have the opportunity to be able to do things like that. So thanks to Peach State Pride. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. When we come back, I've got Burt Brantley from the Savannah Chamber of Commerce. Spent a couple hours with him talking about the economy down there and what the difference the port has made. Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. We will be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show, boys and girls. Thanks for making me a part of your day. Thanks to Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station for the time. We're in the second segment today, and this is one of my favorite things to do all week long. It's a 23-minute deal. It is the long run. If you're in your car for 20 minutes... You're going to sit there on the edge of your seat by the time it's over and be like, what's he going to say next? I'm half kidding. But I do appreciate the fact that you join me each and every week. My, it's my favorite segment of the week for a couple of reasons. I get to take issues that make your life make more sense and speak them into you so that you can tangibly understand, go to the water cooler. A lot of times it's stuff you hear about Monday through Friday with Tug Rhino and Carlos Medina, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton or the Kimmer in the afternoons. And sometimes it's not. They don't always get all the headlines, but I always try to keep them the things that are going to be really, really important to your life so you can understand. The biggest story that didn't get a ton of circulation this week is around Fitch, which is a credit rating agency which downgraded the United States debt and credit credit worthiness to double A plus. Jamie Dimon said this is much ado about nothing. If you've listened to me at all over time, I think Jamie Dimon is a really, really, really smart guy in the American public information sphere. He's the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. I think a lot of him. I've had an opportunity to talk to him over time. A super thoughtful guy. He's a little left-leaning, but if he ran for president, that's one of the people that I think a lot of the business-friendly Republicans would be like, you know what? I actually like what he has to say. One of the things I also tell you regularly is that nobody agrees on absolutely everything, him included. And to that point, I'm about to tell you why. When he said this week that Fitch downgraded the United States debt credit worthiness from AAA to AA+, he said it wasn't a big deal. It's a lot to do about nothing. In 2011, the S&P downgraded the United States debt service to AA+. That is over a decade ago. And it was a huge deal. You probably don't remember. It sent the markets into turmoil. It ultimately clearly recovered But it was a sign that the United States was on a pathway that was out of control. 
In 2011, the debt service to total GDP was 65.5%. Those are the Congressional Budget Office's numbers. That that was a high enough number for S&P, for the S&P to sit there and say, guys, you're on a pathway that's unsustainable. If you look at 20, 2023, the United States Congressional Budget Office expects the percentage of debt to GDP to be 98.2%. So my first question to all of you, if 655 in 2011 was high enough for the United States creditworthiness to be downgraded by the S&P, and you guys all know the S&P, if you have index funds in your retirement accounts, the S&P 500 is one of them. The S&P 500 highlights the 500 largest companies that have anything to do with America. Almost all of them have headquarters here. That's a huge deal. It's, it's the benchmark index. When you invest over time, its average return over the last century is 9 10% year over year, pay you a really, really small dividend. But look, it's a, it's a really cheap and efficient way to benchmark the stock market on the whole from a large cap perspective. So in 2023, if that number is 98.2% and the S&P has not downgraded since, that means they're hiding. Moody's is still, still has the United States Debt Service at AAA. They're the only one. And Fitch this week downgrades them, downgrades us. And they said the future looks worse. If a deficit happens in the next nine months, the fiscal year's budget will wind up being $1.39 trillion higher than the year before. I think we all agree that that's a lot of money. It's not really a partisan take. I think we all agree that that type of growth is concerning. It's one of the biggest problems with interest rates going higher and higher like they are because the United States, for a lot of reasons, has debt obligations where that rate fluctuates up and down. It's not like how you buy a house on a 30-year fixed rate at 2 or 3 or 4 or 6% as the case may be. It's a giant cog in the wheel, and every time Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve Board raise that interest rate to get inflation under control, it has an adverse effect on the economy. That's not, that also isn't a necessarily partisan take. But the Democrats coming out this week saying this is clearly a political statement, I don't know why anybody would downgrade the most sovereign wealth fund in the entire world. The United States dollar is the world's currency. You're never going to hear me say anything otherwise. It is. China's made a pretty good run at that. But Western countries with Western values benchmark off the dollar. More or less every country in the world really does. No matter if China tries to sit there and thwart those plans, that fact is nearly indisputable. But the future does look worse. And as interest rates continue to rise over the next year or so, and they can't get those rates under control, and unemployment doesn't move because unemployment, by the way, is not moving. If you get laid off from your job and you get on LinkedIn, you can find another job in two weeks. The world is full of C players right now who are making transitions by force or by choice. They can't get that number to climb. And to be honest with you, it's not really popular to say you're not going to hear it in Washington. The United States economy, for it to cool, has to drive unemployment to 5%. Why is that? Because 5% has historically been the full pool number. So the United States government, for really all intensive purposes, knows whether they admit it out loud or not that they have to raise the unemployment rate in this country because people have to hurt in order for things to come back to a standstill. And until that's the case, nothing's going to change. At the same time, that's probably not likely going to happen. 
There are millions of unfilled jobs in this country. And if you wear a suit and tie to the office like the old days, the odds of you being somebody who's going to all of a sudden find a job in agriculture and go pick watermelons or strawberries is virtually zero. And we can't find people to fill those jobs. Think about how you've seen restaurants change. How many of them are now counter service where they weren't a couple years ago? Well, why do you think they made that adjustment? They can't find people to wait tables. For all the things that COVID taught us, it revolutionized several industries in indisputable ways. When you step back and peel that back just a little bit, the economy today is entirely different three years later than it was in 2020. We've changed the way we do so many different things. It really, it vexes so many industries that you really don't have the ability to do it. But I'll tell you this, in 2033, 10 years from now, it is estimated by all three credit rating agencies, the United States debt service is going to be 115% of GDP. Guys, when that number gets north of 100, you are a slave to the lender, as the old proverb says. The borrower is slave to the lender. And that's how we've paid for everything. Debt is how we've paid for everything in the federal government, for infrastructure projects and everything otherwise. Entitlement reforms aren't something that are going to be on the table to be partisan talking points. It is something in the next 10 years that is going to be forced because if that conversation doesn't actually happen, you're going to see people lose everything. You're going to see business. You're going to see the United States have its credit downgraded abysmally when they can't make debt service payments. Fitch downgraded the United States debt service credit worthiness for one reason, because of the debt ceiling fights that continue to take place over and over and over again. I don't actually think that that's the reason. I think that that's politics. I think every elected official in Washington knows that they are a fiduciary of your money. And sometimes you have to make really hard decisions when the situation arises. Every elected official who has ever sat in public service knows that. It's not always fun. I sat in locally elected office in 2020. The conversations that we had to have by force about COVID were miserable. Do you keep people home? Do you let them go to the office? How do you figure it out? I don't say that in a way like I was on one team. Look, I was on the open early team. But I still remember the, the gravity around that situation. And when the United States turned on the wartime economy, it's, it's become, in 2023, it's at a place of reckoning. You can't just print $6 trillion or $7 trillion or $8 trillion or $10 trillion and expect there to be no consequences. It may have felt great in 2020 and 2021 when everybody was making 30% in the market, but those dollars, they take two or three years to really hit the marketplace, and that's when you started to see the price of everything you buy rise. Another thing that we have bought hook, line, and sinker into is the fact that the United States federal government, that the Republicans are the people who are in favor of cheaper energy costs. If you drive around in 2023... Gas is nearly as expensive on the whole as it has been. The average price in Atlanta is almost $3.65 for a gallon of gas. Those are not operational expenses that you get to choose if you own a business. They're not operational expenses that you get to choose if you drive your kids to school. Those are things that you have to do. And when that takes a finite amount of money out of the average person's pocket, something else has to give. And it's really, really easy to blame the Democrats who have a terrible policy with respect to energy. 
They don't want to issue pipeline permits. They don't want to do anything except build EVs. Well, EVs, in a different way, have energy costs. And it's not that one is better than the other. I don't care if you drive a Tesla, and I don't care if you drive a GMC Sierra. And if you own a Tesla distributor or a GMC distributor and you want to sponsor my show, I will drive each of your vehicles. I'll drive them both on the same day. I don't care. I'm equal opportunity. But there are so many things that are fundamentally wrong with the tax code, and I'll prove it to you. In the Inflation Reduction Act that President Biden rolled out, there was a $7,500 credit for EVs. $7,500 credit, which means if you bought a car for $50,000 that had an electric that had electric vehicle components to it, it essentially cost you $42,500 because when you file your taxes at the end of the year, the federal government gives you a check right back. And they do it to put forward clean energy arguments. Well, what's totally backwards about the entire thing is if you are a business owner of an S corporation or an LLC and you drive a car that is over 6,000 pounds, I don't care if you own an accounting firm, you get to take a $25,000 tax credit. My first question for you, if you drive a car that is 6,000 pounds, and I'm not mad at any of you that do, I just told you, I'll drive the Range Rover, I'll drive the Tesla, I'll drive the GMC Sierra, I'm all in. Whichever one of you gets to me first, I'm down. But you're subsidizing gas-guzzling vehicles, and they do it in the name of farming and agriculture, but it's total crap. If you look at that, you can continue to depreciate that vehicle over the next five years. So essentially, the federal government is writing you a check back for driving a vehicle that gives you 12 or 13 miles to the gallon. They're wrong on both ends. The United States federal government has got to get out of the business of subsidizing people to drive cars because they drive them anyway. And what fits for my life and what fits for yours isn't necessarily fair to the other 80% of people who want to drive an Acura like I do that gets 40 miles to the gallon that operates as efficiently or more efficiently than nearly every vehicle you see on the road. Yet you're putting the tax subsidies for the Tesla or the GMC right on my back. It doesn't make sense. When I talk about entitlements, there are plenty of entitlement benefits that I am in favor of. But you've seen in Paris over the course of the last year when President Emmanuel Macron forced the retirement age to be higher, and people in France are still rioting over the fact that he increased the retirement age from 65 to 67. What's been 67 in the United States for a long time? And candidly, it probably needs to be higher. I am 40 years old. I own a small business. I will be the first person to tell you that people in the United States of America live longer today than they ever have. And if you look at countries like France, they live even longer. And I have no idea why. They all smoke. They all drink. They're all out to all hours of the day. I guess there's apparently no stress on their life. So maybe they've got something figured out that we haven't quite gotten there on. But when you unpack that conversation in, in totality, the retirement age in this country has got to rise. And Democrats will run to the battle station that say that Republicans hate old people and Republicans don't want to have that conversation at all. And they have absolutely no choice. When you look at other when you look at things that are a part of Medicare, that's another example there are 3 million open, available jobs in this country today. 
If I am subsidizing you and your family to eat, you can get the hell out of here. Rhino on the, on the morning show loves to give me flack about being the low-T GOP Republican. Guys, I'm the one who cares about the business. I'm the one who cares about making sure that things work. And I am a safety net guy. Look, if you have a child who has a wildly debilitating illness and they're never going to be a functioning member of society and it costs the federal government money so that your family can get the care that you need, I'm good with it. I'm never going to hate on you. I'm never going to say that we shouldn't do that. But there are so many people that have absolutely no business receiving entitlement benefits. There's another conversation that's absolutely asinine that's going on as to how you fix this. The SALT tax caps, state and local taxes, many of you know them because you pay property taxes. Most of the people who listen to my show, that's exactly who you are. We love homeowners. Owning a home, in my mind, is the way that average people save money. And no, you don't save money while you're in it. But if you look at a 10-year period, your house is going to be thirty dollars or $40,000 more. That tax rate today, as you file and you don't choose to utilize the standard deduction, is $10,000. Well, what does that mean? That means that if you have property taxes, for example, if you live in Cherokee County and you have a $600,000 house and your property tax rate is nearly 1.2% for all effective purposes, you're paying about $6,500 a year in taxes to the county alone. And those typically don't include the municipalities. If you look at if you look from that point forward, you're getting to seventy five hundred dollars. And the max on that today is ten thousand dollars. And there's a handful of Republicans that are in favor of raising or entirely eliminating the salt tax cap limits. There are two from Arizona. There are three Republicans from California. There's one from Louisiana. And honestly, my question when I read that was who has a house in Louisiana worth six hundred thousand dollars? That place is a dump. The Louisianans will probably rake me over the coals for that if I ever run for public office nationwide. But let's be honest, the odds are stacked against me. New Jersey's another one. Republican, who wants to raise it there? There are five in the state of New York before New York is forced to redraw lines. Colorado is another. And guess who owns that congressional district in Colorado? Lauren Boebert, who hates absolutely everything. Well, she does until she's, it's time to face re-election. She's going to wind up you don't throw darts all the time at Marjorie Taylor Greene without asking yourself if you're ever going to need her. And I'm, I have a feeling that Lauren Boebert is going to learn a lesson the hard way. These are all suburban communities that have tremendous value, that have assets, that live, that most of these places and congressional districts reside in places where there are very well-run municipalities or counties, townships. If you, if you unpack that in a way that's meaningful to your actual life, a dollar in Alabama isn't the same thing as a dollar in Orange County, California. And they're treated the same way among federal taxpayers. And I don't necessarily know that I think that that's right, but I also don't know how to fix it. That's the reason why when you hear me advocate for states' rights and local governments, those are the people who actually make a difference to your overall quality of life. If you step back just a little bit further from there and you recognize that clearly the cost of living in California and New York are higher, and we need those Republicans, and those Republicans advocating to raise the salt tax limit, those individuals are actually advocating for important things to your life moving forward. Because if our, 
if you step back and you look at those congressional districts, the Republican Party cannot live without them. So you're going to have to do something. Are you going to force 10 of them or 11 of them to cross the other side and go coalesce with the Democrats? Or are you going to be in favor of something that they can live with? One of the best ways that the United States government can entirely get rid of get get rid of this issue altogether, and it's going to sound like I'm a tyrant and a communist. Why don't we just raise the standard deduction marginally for everybody else and get rid of the salt tax altogether? One of the biggest issues that this country faces are the loopholes that people are able to find. Like I just told you one, you buy a 6,000 pound SUV and you get to write off what can essentially be $50,000 or a piece of machinery on a large scale for a million. I'm not the guy who's going to sit here and kill the farmer for buying equipment. I think you should be able to write that off, off your taxes and depreciate it and amortize it over time. But you subsidizing me to drive a gas-guzzling truck is nonsense. And if you looked at the thing that was more important to your average Americans, it is owning a house. And you have to take the federal government battlefield at hand and do the best thing for everybody. If you want to stop subsidizing entitlements, you're going to have to get there. There are several branches in the tree that you're going to be able to find and repeal certain laws and get them off the books long before you're going to have the opportunity long before you have to have the entitlement conversations, and both of those things have to be happening at the same time. But even when you look at the state, but even when you look at the state legislature in Georgia, we already referenced the $600,000 house in Cherokee County. Your state legislators and your Cherokee County delegation are looking at rolling back the tax assessments to 2016 levels to cap them. Well, how in the hell does that make any sense? I don't live in Cherokee County, but I can tell you this. If you bought a house there before 2016, it's probably – I am nearly 100 percent certain that everybody's property is worth significantly more today than they are. And so many people take the lazy thing just to reduce – so many legislators take the lazy pathway forward to reduce taxes for the political win. But it's, it is a flawed theological argument. My house is worth what the house is worth. If I have a house with a $600,000 mortgage and it's worth $800,000 and I sell it for $800,000, it is reasonably foreseeable that my property might actually be worth $800,000 according to my assessment. And if you take that a step further, it doesn't solve the actual theological argument. If you assess your property from a tax perspective at what it is worth, your county commission or your city or your township have the ability to effectively reduce the millage rate. To me, this is not a hard argument. And so many this is this is why America needs so many of you to be interested in local government because we don't have conversations among 10 or 15 or 20 people that make a ton of sense. And there are so and, – and, and public service is, is – public service is yearning for people like you who have a functioning brain, who can figure out the concepts behind the math and not run to the political battle stations. When you take a look at the legislator who's been in Cherokee County for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, who has no propensity to change – why would you ever expect anything to be different? Why would you ever expect the conversations to be to become something that's efficacy bound? The Ben Burnett Show can be found on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long form interviews. 
Thursdays, I do my thought in one take. Right now, we're in the midst of a giant one-take session as I record shows for the fall. I've got Brad Nessler coming up in the fall. I've got Mike Pence coming up in the fall. You can hear those each and every Tuesday. We'll start around Labor Day, and honestly, we will run right through Christmas. You can follow me at Ben Burnett on Twitter. You can follow me at The Ben Burnett Show on Instagram. Cast reels all the time. Fan club loves it most of the time. It's Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. We will be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. Grateful for each of you, all the time you spend with me each and every week, downloading the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, the Extra 106.3 app. Monday through Friday, you can listen to Tug, Rhino, and Carlos Medina on the Morning Extra. 10 a.m., you can listen to Glenn Beck. Noon to 3, you've got Clay Travis and Buck Sexton and Kimmer from 3 to 6 all the way home. That makes for Atlanta's only all-conservative talk lineup. Final thing before I let you go, we had a big debate Wednesday night at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. Beautiful part of the country if you've never had the opportunity to go. I would encourage you to do that. I've never been to the Reagan Library, though. I want to see Air Force One hanging in the rafters. Something about that. They had to hollow it out or something. Like That seems like a really, really heavy thing to just hang out of the ceiling. I'm grateful for all the candidates that show up. I am. I think going to debate issues, yelling at each other for two hours is extremely difficult. There are adverse circumstances. It's a stressful time anyway running for, running for president of the United States. But I'll, let me tell you this. Fox News, if you are going to have a debate... In this country, and I would encourage you to have as many as the American people will afford you the opportunity to have. Don't put it on Fox Business Channel. Don't put Dana Perino to the side as the third, as the second or third moderator with a guy hosting the show who is an American and with a Latino who I honestly at certain points struggled to understand. I thought Fox News was the big I thought Fox News was the biggest loser for two reasons. One They put it on the Fox Business Channel because I want as many people to watch these folks as humanly possible. There are millions of people in this country that don't have Fox News, let alone the Fox Business Channel. I had to go figure out how to find it. I think everything about the debate, the lighting was horrible. I mean, several of the candidates look terrible. They look terrible as people. And I mean, I'm not like sitting here judging them on how they look, but like you have people on that stage that are at least not hard to look at. Everybody up there was hard to look at. It sounded bad. So I would, I would encourage them, 
the next time they get the chance to do it, to look better. Sean Hannity was on after the debate. That guy should have been on the... That, that guy should have been one of the moderators with Dana Perino. I give Dana... I, I say a lot of nice things about Dana Perino. She was George W. Bush's press secretary during an extremely hard... During an extremely difficult time. I think she's as talented a journalist and a communications director or person that you will ever possibly find. Let's get to the big winners and losers. I think the big winner of the debate was Vivek Ramaswamy. When you are beating somebody in a political race, you do not attack them. I don't think that that is Nikki Haley's forte. And she went after him for being young, being on TikTok. She gave him a hard time about being a biotech entrepreneur. That's the one guy on that stage I think everybody ought to celebrate. I said it on an interview that I had with State Senator Greg Dolezal a couple weeks ago. The Republican Party needs to look and sound a lot more like him. Do I like everything he says? Absolutely not. Do I believe that Ramaswamy's conversation that he wants to have with the Mexican government about drugs and human trafficking coming across the American border is the right thing to have? A hundred percent. I think everybody in America at this point agrees with that. Do I agree that if they continue to do nothing, we go invade Mexico? I mean, if you ask me, that's a stretch. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to take our number one trade partner in the world and then go put U.S. troops on the ground and see just, hey, guys, are you fine with this? I think that he says a lot of things to average people that sound great and have no real founded basis on execution. But I don't think he's wrong for being on TikTok. I've criticized every, I criticize absolutely everybody when they get on the platform. Politicians take the easy wins. Last year, you saw in the Georgia General Assembly, you saw Senator Jason Anavitarte drop a bill banning TikTok off state and government devices because it was dangerous. Guys, China is so far ahead of what we can legislate. You can have a hollow gesture to ban technology platforms on government devices. But that's not the problem. It's the symptom of the problem. Why do government devices have social media platforms on them at all? Everybody buys and sells data. Sooner or later, you have to assume that that winds up in the hands of our adversaries. Commerce is driven that way. You need one bad act. You need one bad actor to be a seller and one bad actor to be a buyer, and it's over. That means essentially you need two groups in the entire world to decide that they want to commence in a transaction and everything flies out the door. Listen to the attacks that Nikki Haley gave to Vivek Ramaswamy. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Hmm. Because I can't believe they hear we've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. (laughs) That means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information, they can get your emails, they can get text messages, they can get all of these things. This is very important for our party. 150 million people are on TikTok. Guess what, Governor Haley? You ought to be there. He is the only Republican on that platform. There are two platforms that people under 25 years of age use more than any other. Guess what they are? One is TikTok and two is Snapchat. That means they're not like me on Instagram and Twitter. They're on entirely different platforms. So why wouldn't you want to go reach them? You're running to be the president, the leader of the free world. Get in front of those kids. Go do it. Cast your ideas and your vision. You have a social media team around you. Who are you listening to? You have to assume that if you are running for president of the United States that you have absolutely no privacy. Zero. 
Here, abroad, nothing. The KGB, MI6, all the intelligence agencies all around the world are researching you at all hours of the day because that's what they're supposed to do. I thought the other really telling part of the night was Tim Scott, who apparently thinks he's running in a general election talking about slavery. Let me tell you, when I watched that guy last night, I won't take anything away from him. I think I have a ton of respect for Tim Scott. Tons. To grow up in a single-parent household, not be from a background of means, and sit in the United States Senate is something we should also celebrate. But some people just don't have the ability to deliver the goods on the stage And some people also have no idea about who their audience actually is. Listen to him talk about slavery. There is not, there is not a redeeming quality in slavery. He and Kamala should have just taken the one sentence out. America has suffered because of slavery, but we've overcome that. We are the greatest nation on earth because we faced our demons in the mirror and made a decision. So often we think that all the issues, you talked about crime and education and healthcare, we always think that those issues go back to slavery. Here's the challenge though. And then he goes on to talk about Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. I had to go research what Lyndon Johnson's Great Society was. 15, less than 15% of people in this country are African-American. They're less than 15% are black. Almost every single black woman in America is not a Republican. So right there, you're in the marginal single digits of people you are talking to. They're not voting in Republican primaries. What is wrong with people? Who are their messengers? I get that you can identify with some of them as a black man. Dude, they ain't voting for you. They never will. I hope that there are some candidates that drop out of the race to consolidate some of the power, force Donald Trump on the debate stage, because that's what we ultimately need to see as Americans. You can catch the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday, I do long-form interviews. Thursday, I do my thought in one take. Send me a message at Ben Burnett on Twitter. Send me a message to the Ben Burnett Show on Instagram, and I will send you a Peach State Pride for, and I will send you a Peach State Pride performance hoodie. This is Extra 106.3 Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. Make it a great day, everybody. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.